Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the 2018-19 season of Division Three basketball and the 16th season of Hoopsville. I am your host, Dave McHugh. We are coming to you once again from the WBCA NABC studios. We are a little bit earlier this year. Have you noticed? The clocks have just changed, and we are now just on the air. A little bit weird. Uh, I'm still getting used to the November 8th start to the Division Three season. As a result, this show technically starting the earliest it's ever started on November 4th of this season. We are um, 12 days earlier than last year. <laughs> last year, we started the day after the season began, uh, though we had a number of preseason podcasts thrown in for the mix. We keep trying to figure out what's the best way to do it all. We haven't found the answer yet, and so no preseason podcasts this season, um, but we certainly had our fair share of... Um, uh, of work to be done nonetheless, and we uh, decided to also go on the air a little bit earlier. I am uh, looking over at the Twitter account to make sure that we know everybody knows we're available. Again, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or use the hashtag Hoopsville, all scrolling at the bottom of your screen. You can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, and you can join us on Facebook where we are also simulcasting the show, facebook.com. Slash Hoopsville, James Wagner, our friend Wags, tuning in. Hope this is a little bit more exciting, sir, than your other work this evening. Um, fall sports are just kind of wrapping up here, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good thing for us in basketball world because we can start enjoying the basketball season. Though the crossover season with postseason is a little bit more. We talked a lot about after January when the, when the rule got passed, that the season would start earlier, that we would hope to not see a lot of uh, tip-off tournaments moved to the, to the first weekend of the season. Now, we knew by default it wouldn't really happen because, or wouldn't see a lot of it because a lot of season uh, schedules <clears throat> excuse me, had already been set by the time the rule got changed on November 8th. That said, I noticed one or two. Uh, one in particular I noticed it doesn't interfere necessarily with the fall sports. That school doesn't have uh, a ton of strong fall sports, uh, at least in the conference that they're in. They're in a beast of a conference. But I do hope that doesn't become a tendency uh, uh, or a pattern. And I say it again, as I said in the past, because I don't want to see um, uh, administrations and, and support staff uh, overdone. Uh, we got Matthew, uh, I'm going to call your last name Roz, Roz, Rozumalski. How's about, how's, did I get it close? Matthew Rozumalski tuning in. He says, Stevens Point 2018-19 national champs can't wait. Well, I think we're a little far away from predicting national champs in either the men's or women's side. We'll also touch on Stevens Point men's basketball in a little bit when we get to our Hot Topics segment. Um, but thanks for tuning in, Matthew. And if you got more to say, let us know. Uh, he's tuning in on the Facebook chat. We'll keep an eye a little bit on the YouTube chat, if at all possible, as well. And hope you can interact with Again, email, Twitter, you name it. A lot of people certainly know we do use this, uh, and we hope you'll use it at the bottom of the screen. Um, hello, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the shout-out on Twitter. Thanks very much, buddy. Um, studio hasn't changed as much as we would hope it would have changed. Still has a little bit of work to do, but we hope to work on it throughout the season. We still have a couple jerseys that we got that we'd like to hang up. 
And we got some other things that we want to clean up with the... I know I'm going to get flack for this thing up here, the Hoopsville sign. I keep bearing it. Now my head's bearing it. I got another uh, bit of paraphernalia that's bearing it. I promise that thing is going to be moved in the coming weeks to a better position. We have more jerseys to hang. We have some coaches saying they're going to send us some stuff. So we ended up having a busier offseason than we expected. And so some projects got put on the back burner reluctantly. And that was certainly one of them. But here's the deal. We are going to be on the air almost every Sunday and Thursday between now uh, and the end of the season. Certainly there are some uh, weeks we won't be on the air or some shows. And an example like this Thursday coming up on the season premiere or on the season start, we will not have a live show. We will put a show together where we will properly pre uh preview as it were especially the top 25 in men's and women's basketball ryan scott and gordon mann will join us join me for that it has to be pre-taped because i will be busy with my own basketball game to start the season at my alma mater entering my 24th season as the public address announcer there and uh looking forward to the uh, start of the season and as a result we can't be in two places at the same time though we realize you guys probably want more out of us so we will have a pre-taped show on thursday then we'll be back live on sunday uh, we will go straight through until Thanksgiving. Obviously, no show on Thanksgiving, though we'll plan to be on the air Sunday following Thanksgiving. And then, just like last year with soccer championships, or the last couple of years with soccer championships, which I am once again honored to be on the call for down in Greensboro, North Carolina, the Thursday show uh, will be pre-taped. Um, the, what is that, the first? No, no, that's the last Thursday of, of November. And then we'll be back in town for a live show. And here's the deal. All the way through December, we plan to go at least, we, we think, until the 20th of December. We may back off and not go that far. Um, but that means a lot more shows in the earlier part of the season than we've had in the past. Um, we'll be then back on the air January 3rd or 6th, and, and you know from there we go straight through to the end, uh, to the end of the season at that point in time without delay. Um, we will see just how many shows put together, but as a result, we're also going to back off, change the format of the show slightly. We'll be tweaking it throughout the season. Um, you might get used to, at least some of the diehards get used to having four or five interviews per show, or at least four or five coaches on per show. We're going to back off of that a little bit. Maybe have about three coaches, as we will tonight. Um, and maybe either have uh, panels or um, special guests to come on and talk about things that aren't just coach-based. Also trying to find a way to get more student-athletes on this show. So look for some tweaks. We also have some new sponsors and advertisers that will be joining the show, I'm thrilled to say. Uh, we're we're in the early stages of some new advertising plans, but also with some changes in Division Three, come some new opportunities, and we're thrilled. We're finalizing plans, so you may see not today, <laughs> but you may see in the near future some new uh, sponsors and some new advertisers. Of course, I want to thank the WBCA and the NABC especially for welcome, coming right back on board once again with our programming. Uh, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association and the National Association of Basketball Coaches have been wonderful over the years, and we thank them. Of course, D3Hoops.com has always been supportive as well, and we look forward to keeping our um, relationships with everybody going as we move forward. So again, a lot of changes that you will see as this show progresses this year, and we hope you'll uh, enjoy it with us, because we are certainly enjoying it, um, to say the least, um, because it, it means that people take our show seriously. And we appreciate it. Wag says, nice cleaning job. <laughs> you don't really know how bad um, the cleaning job was here. Uh, it still needs some more. You just can't see it. Matthew, I'm glad I got close to the last name. It's kind of my job to try and at least get close. Um, and again, we'll talk about Stephen's point coming up here in the Hot Topics segment. 
Uh, we also have coaches coaching changes to talk about. One thing I will say that I'm kind of pleased about, not a lot of rule changes going into this year. Um, no complaints. We're kind of in the middle of a rule change uh, cycle, uh, so nothing major getting changed. I, I was at a preseason game and uh, exhibition game, and they're still getting used to the the shot clock changes in men's basketball even a year later. Uh, by the way, we had a lot of exhibition games, and Division Three certainly showed its head well. Um, one off the top of my head, just because it's in my area, and I was watching it for a lot of reasons that you may know. Uh, Salisbury defeated University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, I noticed Oshkosh had a game against Wisconsin today. Uh, I didn't expect that to be a win, but it certainly was maybe a little closer than than many thought. And there were a couple of good games where D3 got some wins and some close ones nonetheless. I don't dive into them a lot. They're exhibition games. I don't want to make uh, a ton out of them for a lot of reasons. Uh, none of them bad. Um, it just, it's exhibition. There's a lot going on. Sometimes coaches aren't always putting the best foot forward. Sometimes coaches are trying particular things. I don't want to make a big deal out of something that may not truly um, be a big deal to some of the coaches involved in the games. But hats off to Division Three, certainly representing well. On the men's side, women's side, I'm not really sure of how many exhibition games we had. We don't seem to be able to keep track. It's not as big a thing on the women's side either, to say the least. So we're coming off of a season where Nebraska Wesley was the national champs and Amherst was the national champs. You'll hear from those two coaches once again. We tend to finish with coaches who won the national championship on the finale. We come back into the first game uh, show of the season, maybe a fault of ours, but we then hear from the number one preseason picks. And this year it's the same two teams. So Nebraska Wesleyan will be joining us to talk. Uh, Dale Wellman will join us to talk about um, his program uh, and the Prairie Wolves moving forward. Uh, they were not a unanimous number one pick, but we'll uh, talk to them about that. And then Amherst's GP Gromacki will be joining me as well. They certainly were not a unanimous pick. The NESCAC looks like a beast this season. They just started practice four days ago. November 1st was the first time they hit the floor for practices. They're not allowed to play until November. Well, actually, they're not allowed to play until the weekend before Thanksgiving. We'll talk to him a little bit about that challenge because it's not showing now, but there's you look at the calendar in a few years, and there's going to be a solid two weeks, at least, a solid two weeks between the start of the Division Three season and when NESCAC teams can start playing. And I know a lot of people, oh, who cares about the woe is me NESCAC because the NESCAC's been such a power. But that's certainly significant. We'll talk to GP about the disadvantages now uh, with the calendar whether there's any changes afoot in the NESCAC. But more importantly, we'll talk to him about his Mammoth squad and what, you know, can they keep winning? Remember, they're on a 66-game winning streak. They haven't lost in a while. Last time they lost, I believe it was the national championship or the semifinals a couple of years ago. So um, we'll talk to him. And then we'll, the coaching changes we talked about, one of the biggest coaching changes, the national runner-up UW Oshkosh lost their head coach to Wash U. Pat Yuckum left for the Bears. We'll talk to him about that. We made an effort this year to have a off-season podcast, and Pat was one of those interviews we actually did record. It just never got aired. We'll talk to him. Not that recorded interview. We'll actually talk to him live here on the show. So, again, you can interact with us, email us, tweet us on Facebook, YouTube, however you're tuning into us. We will do our best to keep track of what's going on with you. And um, if you've got questions, we've left this show a little bit loose, and we hope you will take advantage of that. 
Um, our we only have three interviews for this entire two hours. By the way, we we're not going into overtime on our first show. Again, Bob Quillman, thank you for the shout out on Twitter at D three Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D three Hoops dot com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook dot com slash Hoopsville. Those are all the uh, all of the ways you can interact with us. Point special. What's NW's conference? Old Iowa conference called again. It's now called the American River Confer- Rivers Conference. So the IAAC, the Iowa Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, is now the ARC, the American Rivers Conference. There's also the AEC. That is the brand-new conference. Remember the spinoff, two schools in the CAC, being Marymount and Wesley, joining forces with an old group from the, uh, P- the old PAC. Not the PAC that we all know. <laughs> there was another PAC on the eastern side of the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, but Cabrini and Gwyneth Mercy and, and some others, they've created now, remember, the AEC, and that is the, Atla- uh, what is it? the Atlantic East Conference, right? I believe it, yeah. Well, a- yeah, Atlantic East. I keep wanting to call it an American East, but obviously that's not it. Atlantic East Conference. They're in their first season. They will be a Pool B bid. I don't believe it changes the numbers, but Pool B will be a factor this year. Um it always pulls a bid. We haven't had that conversation where it doesn't. Um, but in women's basketball, it's going to be very interesting because Thomas More, remember this year, is not in a conference. Thomas More, I'm kind of tipping on the hot topics here. Thomas More did join the, uh, the that newfangled or the kind of newfangled conference that really doesn't hold it. You know, Canton was in and all the others. Joined it for awards, but there's going to be no AQ there. So Thomas Moore's in that Pool B mix on the women's side. So is Marymount, who's going to probably be pretty good. We'll have to keep an eye on Cabrini in that new AEC, Marymount and Cabrini. Those will get that bid, and then they're all thrown back into Pool C. So essentially, on the men's side, the winner of the AEC will probably be, or really the top team in the AEC, the winner of the conference could be somebody else of the conference tournament. But... The best team in the AAC on the men's side will get that Pool B bid. On the women's side, you got to figure it's Thomas More, which means AEC's out of a of an of, of any kind of bid until the Pool C. So that that's going to hurt a little bit. But it's a one year thing for now because Thomas More has finally decided they will not stick with Division Three. If you missed the news, Thomas More will leave for the NAIA after this season. Uh, you will see Thomas Moore with a ton of games, especially on the women's side, in the first half of the season, really before uh, mid-January, early January. They are in a number of tournaments. They are all over the place geographically. Um, and that will be a significant factor for them because closing the season will be tough, and we'll see if it affects them in the long run. Jeff Arnold, Chris Graves, thanks for joining the show here on our Facebook simulcast. We're also on YouTube. and want to thank Point Special for joining us there as well and of course you can email us and tweet us we're going to take a little bit of a break when we come back we'll touch talk uh, touch on more of those hot topics and more of the coaching change news including the shocking news in the last couple of weeks one top 10 team has already removed its coach and a, a, a it's been in the top 25 team type conversation one of those types of teams which, who's in the conversation removing their head coach in the last few weeks as well Talk about that, plus some of the other coaching changes that took place that certainly got some attention. About 10% turnover on both the men's and women's side uh, this year, plus some of the other hot topics. So we'll be back. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com. The WBCA and ABC Studios will be back with more Hoopsville right after this. 
We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Apparently none of our breaks are running. Gremlins when we start as, uh, uh, as we get on the air here. So that's one thing we're going to have to figure out. Got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, et cetera. Andrew, uh, YouTube is working, sir. Uh, you just need to be patient. Uh, we were in black there for a bit. Apparently our advertising wasn't working properly. Uh, I'll see if we can maybe fix that on the fly. Uh, I will freely admit not the easiest thing to fix on the fly, but we will do our best. Uh, so if you got questions, Andrew, I know you do. Um, feel free to email us or tweet us or Facebook us or YouTube us. However you need to do it, we'll want to hear from you. Coming up shortly, we'll hear our first coach out of the gate will be um, Nebraska Wesleyan's Dale Wellman. Uh, then we'll hear from Pat Yuckum on the show, and then we'll our last interview of the night will be on GP Gromacki, but we have plenty of time to get there. So again, sorry about that little bit of a dead air, uh, as our ads apparently didn't want to cooperate with us. Uh, we're going to see if we can uh, fix things here shortly. I have no idea why that happened, but sometimes it just does. Um, all right, so coaching changes. Let's talk. start with that topic, and I suspect if you've got any questions, we'll certainly get to them as we, as we move along. Um, so first, let's start with the most recent coaching changes. Did anyone notice the number nine team in the country, women's basketball, Trine University, is missing a head coach? Broke that news just uh, recently. Uh, we're not quite sure what's going on, to be blunt. Um, we believe, or what we've been told by the school, is essentially a breach of contract. There is a, um, let's see, the terminology used was violation of university policy and violations of his contract. Breach of contract. Hello, Nathan. Thank you for watching from Fort Wayne, sir. We'll be talking. That's a hot topic coming up here shortly, you guys. Um, we don't know more than that. I may start to learn more next week. I, I'm not positive as of yet what we will learn or what we won't learn. But what we know at this point is um, something's amiss. And Rob Gould is out. And for, for a head coach of a top 10 program to be, he's a, he was suspended on October 16th and essentially terminated on October 31st, um, you've, you, you've got to be doing something pretty major. Now, there are rumors. I will not speculate on rumors. I will not do that. Um, but something is clearly amiss. Um and it's something we obviously need to get to the bottom of. Um, it's sad to hear. Now, I still think the program will be pretty good. Uh, I still think that the program will do well this upcoming season. But that is a huge shift. And obviously, the team's used to it because they've been practicing without coach so far. But I think there's still some concern. Uh, Andrew, you want to talk about hope? We'll talk about hope. Don't worry. We'll come up. So, Rob Gould... 
is out as the women's coach at Trine. It doesn't look good, at least from what we're seeing. What does that mean in the long run? I don't know. We will maybe find out more. I know um, some people have tried to learn more and have not gotten anywhere. We shall see. Um, but it's concerning. It's concerning when a coach is removed from a program that that quickly, essentially. Um, so we'll see how this plays out. Um, but I was pretty shocked. I, w- I was really shocked to see that news. Now, this comes on the heels um, of coming on the heels of um, Salisbury's head coach being terminated as well. Andy Sachs um, was put on administrative leave, suspended shortly before this season was or the practices were to start. Um, it took about a month eventually, um, and finally both he and the school announced that they had found a mutual parting of ways. There's a lot going on in that one. It is hard to unpack. If we started to, we would get really into the muck, and I mean that on the, on the, on the very respectful side of that. Um, there's some inside politics going on there. Andy admits he's made some mistakes. Um, what those mistakes led to is up for interpretation. Um, how many mistakes were made is up to interpretation. How serious those mistakes were, up to interpretation. You, you have a head coach's point of view. You have administrative point of view. You have players' point of view and parents' point of view and alumni point of view. You also have Joe Q's point of view, media point of view, etc. Andy released a statement. I have told Andy I don't think that was the best move. At least I don't believe the statement as it was written was the best move. Um, I, I think there are ways he could have avoided some of the mistakes that were made. Um, I, I'm... It's a disappointing thing for the student-athletes involved, plain and simple. Um, And avoidable, to say the least. It it could have easily been fixed. I think that's where we start getting the minutiae and unpacking it becomes difficult. But Salisbury's going to move on here without Andy Sachs. Um. How that plays out in the long run, I don't know. They went and beat UMES. I don't know what to make of that. UMES is not exactly the, a, a, a tremendous D1 program. So I, I'm going to be fascinated with how that team performs. I think they're in a tough CAC. Though Christopher Newport isn't as strong as it has been. Marcus Carter is back, but he's been so banged up. I don't know what to make of that. Um. I, I, we've been waiting for Mary Washington forever to, to produce a program that's beatable. Frostburg's got a huge amount of turnover and distracted with with maybe a move to Division Two. Another hot topic we'll get to a bit. And York lost a lot from a, a powerhouse program, 3,000-point scores from last year, from last year's powerhouse run, I should say. Um, so the CAC's winnable. It's not worth writing home about either. So we'll see where this all leads. 
Um, but Andy Sachs and Ryan Gould out. Hard to talk about a, a lot of it because we don't know all the facts. Some of the stuff I know I'm not allowed to say for good reason. Um, the Ryan Gould situation is is disappointing because it certainly smells of improprieties that we don't like in Division Three. And so we'll see where that all leads. There were a lot of coaching changes, and we'll talk to Pat Yuckum coming up uh, about his move to Wash U. There were a lot of big coaching moves. Uh, FDU women's basketball coach Mark Mitchell moved on. He went to St. Peter's, which is a D1 program, kind of like UMES, not exactly the strongest in women's basketball. He ended up taking three of his players with him. So some of those entering their senior year have decided they're going to sit another year. That surprised me. Uh, so we don't expect Florham to be much of a power maybe next year, though some voter in the top 25 disagreed otherwise. It's Those are the moves that we want to talk about. You know, those are the moves you want to sit there and celebrate. There are a lot of great moves, I think, in the offseason, some really interesting moves. But then you also have the Brandeis coaching change. Uh, Brian Meehan um, accused of verbally being abusive, for lack of a better description. Um, not only abusive, but saying things that are just absolutely inappropriate. He was subsequently fired. Um, the AD was not um, reassigned to something else. I don't think that's as big a deal uh, in hindsight. But the VP, I think, was the other one involved in that, and the VP was um, was punished. They now have a head coach. I found that one surprising because at one point it looked like they were going to stick with an interim head coach, and that was the direction they were going to go for this year and then open up the coaching search. It really looked that way. I talked to a number of people, and that's the direction that everyone was figuring this was heading in. There was an investigation in the AD. There was an investigation into the VP. There was investigations what up the wazoo at, Brand, at, at Brandeis, and it wasn't really clear where they were going to head with those investigations. Um but the clear thing was, why would you hire a head coach when you've got so many things up in the air? Well, one of the things I think I heard, or not think I heard, I kind of heard out of that area was that maybe some came back about the, about the interim head coach being an assistant, being in, kind of with that program and involved in many ways. That didn't, uh, some people didn't appreciate that that much. Um, saying, well, kind of, they were involved. Why should we, so, you know, why should he be the head coach if he may have been involved? So they opened up the search, and they certainly had a heck of a search. Um, I think they've got a good choice there, an assistant out of Columbia. Uh, I think that's going to be a good a good job. Uh, I think he's going to have some work cut out for him, but we'll see where Brandeis is. Not expecting much this year. We'll see where they go. I think the assistant coaches were retained, but we need to follow up on that. Um, but a lot of good names were in the mix there. A lot of good names were in the mix for Wash U. A lot of interesting names were in the mix for NYU. They went with a coach who's been coaching AAU for a while, um, which surprised me a little bit. They really didn't go with experience that I thought they were going to go with. Now, maybe there's more involved there than we know, but hard to say. By the way, Southern Virginia lost its head coach, Daniel Dan Enigolstad, another coach that jumped straight to D1. He's now at Mount St. Mary's, where he once was an assistant coach. He likes the St. Mary's thing, in case he's tuning in. Remember, he's a St. Mary's of Maryland grad. Now he's at Mount St. Mary's also in Maryland. Um, there were a lot of interesting coaching moves this offseason. It certainly kept us busy. <laughs> we won't go through every single one, but we'll certainly touch on them as the weeks unfold here. Um, but the Ryan Gould and the Andy Sachs one and the Brian Meehan one were the three that certainly were disappointing in this offseason. 
Uh, quick hot topic before we take a break, because we'll talk more about the hot topics coming up after our next break. Um, Andrew, I know you want me to talk about hope. I will get to that in our, in our after the interview. We'll talk to uh, Dale Wellman here coming up, and then we'll um, jump on, um, on some more hot topics, including hope. But another one we want to talk about, and it deals with coaches. Stevens Point investigation is still open, for lack of a better description. We are waiting for resolution on that. We enter a, and we're three years into this now. We are almost two years from when Stevens Point put its last set. That'll come in December. Uh, last set of punishments in. So we're just shy of two years removed from that. We're 18 months removed from when we thought this would be wrapped up. Um, more than 18 months. Um, we'll talk more about that one. We'll talk more about hope and some other things in the next, or after our next interview, but a lot going on in the off season in division three this year. And it certainly kept everybody on their toes. Going to take another break or we're going to try to, uh, when we come back, we'll talk to Dale Wellman from Nebraska Wesley and talk about the Prairie Wolves and what their expectations are moving forward this season. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBC and ABC studios. More Hoops will after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Well, clearly our commercials are not running properly. We'll figure that out. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, commercial lists. We better hurry that up before our new sponsors and our advertisers join the show. One of them happen, might be watching. Promise it, wor- will, it will work. I don't know. We got a new upgrade to the software. We thought we tested it all. Apparently we did not test it all. That's how those things work. We promise it will be solved soon. Andrew, I know you want to talk about hope. I'm just reminding you, I will get to it. I promise. Going to get to our first guest, though, tonight. And uh, it happens to be uh, a topic that we always bring up. Preseason number ones. We don't get to talk to defending champs all that often with the preseason number ones. But this time, that is the case. So joining us on the Hoopsville Skype Hotlines, a head coach in Nebraska Wesleyan, the number one preseason ranked, Dale Wellman, joining us. Coach, welcome into Hoopsville, sir. Absolutely. Hold on. Looks like we don't have your audio, but we'll keep talking just to get you uh, set up. um, First and foremost, obviously defending national champs. It's not you, coach. It's on my end, just FYI. Um, Obviously defending national champs and certainly something that I know you guys are proud of. Um, but also the preseason number one comes with a lot of, oh, um, here we go type things. Um, how much pressure is really on you guys? Our guys really embrace the challenge of not having that national recognition for the majority of the year. And, you know, I think this year what we've really tried to do is embrace the challenge of uh, being preseason number one and, and trying to live up to some of these expectations. You know, we have competitive guys in our program, and and I think it's one thing that's, you know, so far in the practices and scrimmages, exhibition, it's something uh, that's driven them a little bit. We finally got your audio working just in time to hear the good part. Yeah, um, it certainly is a driving force. I know when I sat down and looked at your top 25, I thought to – or the top 25, and I debated about num- my number one. I always come in with an open mind. 
I never want to just kind of rubber stamp it to the defending champs. Well, what stood out to me was a couple things. One, you bring back pretty much the entire unit, and that includes uh, a guy who was pretty much considered the best team guy on the team, Shimowitz. You also bring back the guy who was the MVP of the national tournament, Cook. You bring back the MVP of the of the conference. That's three different guys, by the way. Um, and you brought in some transfers. I don't put a ton of stock in transfers, but my thought there was, geez, it's not like you're losing anything here. You're only kind of adding to this thing. You've got to be really jazzed at the fact that you bring back a unit that's very experienced and can start almost three steps ahead of itself. No, I, I am. I'm very, uh, very happy with the team I have this year and, and bringing back experiences. Um, you know, you know, great. I, I think that's one of the reasons we got out to such a great start last year. Is last year we actually returned our, our top eight scores from the year before. Um, so it's something that we're used to now. Uh, you talked about our transfers. Now we have to bring those guys up to speed. We have a couple good freshmen um, up to speed, while at the same time, you know, uh, not boring, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, the returners who have. Uh, played a lot and know a lot of our actions and can do it in the sleep and and it's just second nature to them we have to make sure some of these guys that are new that are going to play um you know again can do everything in their sleep and 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 uh you know don't have to think about it just react you talk about keeping these guys yeah the reaction part certainly and, and keeping these guys fresh i mean listen when you don't win a national championship and your goal is your first one ever the the goal is simple the 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 what you can put at the end of the carrot, as it were, for the for the horse is pretty simple. How do you now reevaluate? How do you get these guys to refocus and understand, A, argumentatively, it's not going to be that easy, and B, um, they're still tough. It, they, this isn't, yeah, you won a national championship, congratulations, but we got to do that all over again? That's not going to be easy. Exactly. And, it, and by no means was it easy last year. Um, you know, I still just try to try to do the numbers and, and I still haven't been able to kind of figure out how it all worked out that, that we were the one left standing. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I thought I would have to, you know, go into practice and deflate these guys heads a little bit because, um, you know, they were walking around with such a big head. And, and if practice had started in May, that probably would have been the case. But I think enough enough time had, had passed um, and we had our good times. So we were able to celebrate and, and all that that guys were itching to get get back onto the court and really have good practices and through you know through whatever first two and a half weeks whatever it's been um you know i haven't seen any indications that uh you know last season is um is on their guy is on their head is on their mind um we didn't talk about any big picture stuff last year and i've tried to go about uh you know the same thing this year we haven't talked about big picture things other than embracing the challenge and going out and being hungry every day to get a little bit better um, but we haven't talked about, you know, winning the conference. We haven't talked about going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we move pretty slowly. Uh, we're just trying to to get the spacing right and the timing right in our offense and and get in the passing lanes on defense right now. We haven't. We had. I have Grinnell coming up here in the first game, and, and <laughs> it, it that's a different ball game altogether. So I'm just trying to get these guys ready for uh, uh, you know, for those things really. One would argue you're doing it smart. You're getting Grinnell out of the way first uh, instead of throwing them maybe in the middle of your, your non-conference schedule. Well, yeah, well, I, I tell you, we, we played them after Christmas last year, and, and uh, originally it was going to be like that again. And, and um, you know, as things happened, scheduling had to change, and it's one of those things where I talked about trying to get everybody on the same page. Here are the first three weeks of the season, and then all of a sudden, you know, two, three days before uh, we play Grinnell, we have to – all right, everything you've learned, all right, put that on hold, and here we have to uh, 
Because, um, as you know, I think everyone has to change a little bit when they go in to play a team like Grinnell. Oh, yeah. You, you definitely have to go in with a different mentality, um, and I'm sure your guys are well aware of that. Uh, outside of that, you've got an interesting schedule this season. Uh, you got St. Norbert in there in a tournament you'll play at Carroll um, in kind of a, a, a classic, I should say. Um, you're going to end up taking on Redlands, who's going to come out and, and face you guys in, a, in your own tournament. Um, you've got George Fox on there and some Linfield around the, before the holiday break. Um, I, I, you don't have world beaters this, this time around. Is it tough to schedule? We're, I mean, we've talked about the tough schedule because of where you're located. But even after a national championship, and a lot, a lot of this I know was done before that, is it tough to convince people to even play, play you in the first place? Scheduling is an absolute bear for, for us. And, I, and I, obviously the season last year I think doesn't help things, but even trying to schedule uh, for next year. And I, I do think a big thing is our location. Um, it really is. And, and then you have some conferences around here that – you know, have a lot of conference games, and they're not looking for a lot of non-conference games. Um, and there's a lot of teams closer, uh, and there's some good conferences out there that that can go get a good team. They want to put some good teams on the schedule. Um, you know, they, they, they don't have to drive eight hours to Lincoln, Nebraska. So it is tough. Uh, it is tough. You know, I, I just got an email this week from uh, uh, a coach, and it was, good, it was a good team, and I replied back to him. And, and in my four years here, it was the second email I've gotten from a Division three team talking about an individual game not our tournament so in in our time I've, I've received now i put out a ton and i'm sure coaches around here are tired of hearing from me um but i've had two emails about uh just having an individual game coming to lincoln um you know to maybe uh to have a game so so it's, it's tough and i think a lot of it is is our location to be perfectly honest um you know it's um you know even before this year it was tough to do it was tough to do um now, now you add that on top of it, it's it's hard. We, we just don't have the luxury of of uh, being in you know a different locale. When you look at what you got ahead, first off, new conference. I'm just kidding. ARC, just different name. Um, this is a conference that was somewhat competitive last year. Loris could be interesting. There's a lot of talk that they come back um, just as strong, if not stronger. Of course, Warburg was getting most of the attention about this time last year. Fell off, but doesn't mean they can't be competitive. You have a new coach at Buena Vista. Um, who knows what to expect out of schools like Lutheran Co. What do you expect, though, from what is going to be the bulk of your season? I mean, I think it's going to be pretty much the same as it was, you know, as it has been the past two years. I mean, we've absolutely beat up each other in conference. I, I, it's a it's a great, great conference every night. I mean, two years ago when you had the conference tournament, you know, six seeds, six teams make the tournament. Literally every game was won by the the, the worst seed, uh, where you had a, a six beat and a five in the conference championship game, and then Wartburg goes on to win two games in the NCAA tournament. I mean, we just beat it, beat up on each other all the time. And we've been fortunate to come out on top, you know, the past two seasons. But both those seasons, uh, we, did, we didn't have it running away. It came down to the last week of the year. Um, and I think that's going to be the same. Uh, we do have great teams. I mean, I think Loris, you know, uh, I, I see that they're receiving votes. I think they're a really, really good basketball team. Um, may, maybe it, it's, it's part of the thing, you know, Nebraska and I were kind of flyover states and people don't think <laughs> of, but they, they have a great basketball team. I, you know, you mentioned some of the other ones. I mean, what Simpson going to have, even though I think Simpson's going to be a good ball club this year. Wartburg, I, I mean, it's, Night in and night out, it's an absolute battle, and you never know who's going to win. And I really expect the same thing this year. 
when you look uh, at your team again, and we talked about Shimowitz, we talked about Cook, Garver was the one I didn't, I didn't actually physically name. That's a heck of a trio that any team would want. You talk about bringing new guys in and other guys who are who have been there a long time. Whitman's going through this too because I want to touch on this kind of a little bit of a theme here. We have a lot of good teams with a lot of depth this year. How do how do you hope? Because obviously we haven't started here. How do you hope to keep everybody interested and keep everybody um, fresh? Might be even the better term because someone's going to be good one night. And somebody else might be good another. It may be five, six games before somebody else gets their real chance. How do you keep that balancing act working for you? Well, you know, I, I think that's that, that's the beauty of a lot of our guys on our team. Um, I think we have a lot of guys that probably could go, you know, some other places, wherever. Um, and I'm not even just talking Division Three, uh, and average more points. Um, you know, but I think they're willing to come here, and, and we have great chemistry on our team. It's a joy to coach these guys every day. I really, I really enjoy being around them. Which is great because I'm around more than my, you know, my wife and kids for six months. <laughs> um, you know, I I haven't run into that problem yet. Um, you know, I think that's a good problem to have. You talked about someone not having a good night here, a good night there. The nice thing about being, I, I think, as deep as we are, is is guys can have off nights. Um, and I, I think you know, guys that have been on the team you know, realize what can happen when, when they give up a little piece of themselves, you know, uh, for the betterment of the team, uh, you can do something special, whatever special may mean this year. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, we'll see as it plays out, but you're right. There's a lot of good basketball teams out there. And, uh, and, and fortunately we have some good players and, and, uh, you know, I just think they enjoy being around every day, being on part of a team. And, um, and it's, it, it hasn't been an issue so far and knock on wood, hopefully it's not an issue in the future. What time? Uh, at what point did you guys let go of that championship? And at what point was the focus on this season? Are you still enjoying that championship to some degree? Well, I, I think we'll always enjoy it. Sure. Uh, Twenty years from now, we'll still be enjoying it. There'll be reunions, but we had a really nice. Um, you know, it was one of those things. You know, we put a banner in the gym, and my AD asked me if I wanted to. Um, you know, have a, you know, an unveiling ceremony the the first home game or something like that, and I didn't um, because I wanted. You know, once practice started, once things got rolling, I wanted to put everything in the rearview mirror and focus, you know, on this team, not just this season, but this team's completely different with new guys on it, new roles, all those things. Uh, we had a really nice kind of tailgate national championship thing at the first home football game. Cool. Um, you know, where where our guys, we, we got rings um, for the national championship and that that's where they were handed out at halftime. But, you know, they played the game on the big screen at the tailgate and all the families came back. We had every member of the team there, uh, all the parents, friends and family of the program. And that was like, that, that was really nice kind of closure. Um, you know, we got everything, the banner, the rings, had a great celebration. Um, I haven't had to do any speeches or any talks, uh, <laughs> except any awards or anything since then. So, you know, or, or the team hasn't. So, uh, that was really a really nice closure. And then, and that was obviously the first home football game. And then we've been able to kind of, uh, you know, focus on on this team that this year since then. Uh, I forgot to ask you. Uh, I kind of breezed over it when we talked about your uh, your home tournament. I mentioned Redlands was coming there. That was a bit of a of a that tournament wasn't exactly smooth for you this year. Is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, Dave, you don't know half of it. It's uh, <laughs> I mean, we thought we had the four teams wrapped up, but we yeah, I'm a, I already have four teams for next year and two for the year after that. You sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but we probably went through seven different teams 
uh, to get the, you know, the, the four that we thought we had to begin with. Uh, and then once that team, you know, I didn't know. I, I was sending stuff all, all over the, uh, you know, I had the email, everything. Everything was good. Everything was good. Sent, a, sent them things over the summertime. Didn't really hear back. And then obviously one of the uh, D3 faithful uh, saw that. The, and, and I'd actually look, try to find their schedule during the summer and just make sure all the times were lined up and hadn't been posted yet. And then one of the D3 regulars uh, um, did see it and obviously uh, uh, let me know and, and it was a mad scramble there. We, we went through about every uh, Division three team in the country, uh, seeing who still had games to get, see who, who would travel. And uh, fortunately, Redlands, um, you know, we, we probably had two options, and uh, Redlands worked out. Um, They're really great to work with. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to have them in term. I, I think it would be really nice. Is the other option make it a classic? <laughs> No, no. I, the, the other option was a friend of mine back in New York. Um, oh, okay. And, and it, it just, uh, um, it was just going to be easier for Redlands. Sure, to sure, so, sure. I get that. That's it, it, a tough weekend to fly into Lincoln, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. It's a tough. Oh, yeah. And by tough, I mean expensive. Yeah, with that too. Yeah, because everybody's traveling. Um, before I let you go, this is a little quirk about D3 hoops. There has never been a number one preseason team who has remained number one the entire way through the season. They have won at the end. They just haven't been number one the whole way. I'm not trying to jinx anything. What I'm trying to say is it's tough. It's tough on the men's basketball side. You've got a large target on your back. I'm assuming you know you're going to probably take some lumps. No, we're, we're definitely not going to go the, uh, the the season undefeated. Uh, I mean, we're, we're going to prepare and try to, try to win every game. But like I said, I think to, to go through our conference – um, is really, really tough. Um, and, you know, I, I think we probably may have some surprises in, in, in the non-conference schedule. I know Olivet, I think they're going to be a tough team. Um, you know, we have a bunch of, uh, I mean, there's 25 games in the regular season. Um, it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Um, I don't anticipate being number one all year. Um, I, I didn't anticipate being number one any of last year, to be perfectly honest with you. It's, but if you just kind of put your... Uh, you know, best foot forward and go to work and practice every day and try to get a little bit better and try to do something special. Um, you know, good things happen for you. So, so that's all we're sure. going to try to do. I, you know, I don't think the guys have really approached the season any differently than they did last year. Um, you know, I said that earlier and, and I'd like to think I haven't approached it any different, any differently than I had years before. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that's good enough to, uh, you know, to have a good season and, and maybe do something special later on. We'll see. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to seeing the run, uh, and good luck to the Prairie Wolves. It'll be fun to watch. I think everybody knows who you are now. Uh, I don't think we need to worry about the, the about that aspect of it, but uh, we'll at least look to see how you play it out. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in tonight? Well, no, I, I just want to say, uh, you know, to everybody, uh, hopefully they have a good season and stay, uh, stay healthy. And, you know, I'm just excited. You know, it's one of those things. I, I wasn't a huge proponent of having the uh, – uh, season the first game move up just because I, I really like coaching coaching and, and I like that extra week of coaching and and uh, but at the same time like I cannot wait um, you know to get this first game going on the eighth and see how everyone else does and follow friends and the league and everything so it's just I think it's a great time I mean we had a clinic here yesterday Junior Prairie Wolves and it was uh, you know the big the big reason we do it is just to get people excited for the beginning of basketball season especially here in a football state but um, <laughs> But Are it's you still a football state. No, I'm kidding. 
Uh, but it's still, uh, you know, j- just a great time of the year. You know, leaves are changing here, and it's it's basketball time, and I'm I'm real excited to get this whole uh, Division Three basketball season going. Well, we're looking forward to it as well. Um, by the way, you don't have to play on November eighth. I'm just saying, you know. Uh, wait, re- like I said, originally I wasn't, and then uh, we had to change the date with Grinnell, and then and, and they're coming for on the eighth. So uh, you're right. Get it out of your system now. That wasn't uh, that wasn't the plan, but yeah. Uh, I hear you. Well, thanks for taking the time. Good luck. Have a good holidays if we don't talk to you, and we'll look forward to watching from afar. Thanks a lot, Dave. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Dale Wellman joining us on the city, uh, joining us on the Hoopsville Skype hotline. We're going to take another break. Figured out what was wrong with that darn commercial system. It's a stupid mistake, but we'll fix it up. Hope you uh, enjoyed that. We'll be back with more Hoopsville when we return after this. Back with more. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, But as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoops, everybody, and your uh, I'm your host, Dave McHugh, coming to you from the WBCA NABC studios, uh, presented by D3Hoops.com. Again, um, one of the hot topics, uh, we do have new sponsors and advertisers. They'll be coming on board in the next few shows and weeks. We hope you'll uh, appreciate their efforts to join our program and allow us to do, do, do this program for starters. Let's start with one of the first interesting hot topics, and Andrew, I'm coming up on you shortly. Remember, we're not headed to Salem this year in men's basketball. Women are headed to Salem this year. The men, out. We are headed to Fort Wayne. I will tell you this, not only because I know someone from Fort Wayne may still be watching, but Fort Wayne looks like it's going to be a great time. This is not anything against Salem. Salem knows we love them. But Fort Wayne has embraced this. Fort Wayne has been serious about this. Fort Wayne has been um, very outgoing about this, communicating with us, the coaches associations, you name it. It has been a wonderful experience from that point of view, considering I've never gone through that experience because it's always been Salem 
in the 16 seasons we've been doing Hoopsville. And the, oh boy, 18 years I've been going to Salem. So it's always been Salem. So we're looking forward to going to Fort Wayne. Uh, if you notice, by the way, tickets apparently are already on sale for the Final Four. I know somebody bought tickets. Um, apparently the Hoopsville stage is already in the Ticketmaster map, is what I've been told. I have not had a chance to look it up. But we're looking forward to being in Fort Wayne because, again, it'll be men's basketball, and that's what we're all celebrating. Um, speaking of which, it's somewhat near clo- Hope. <laughs> that's my transition, uh, Andrew. That's my transition. But here's the key thing I want to really first say. Women, by the way, are going to Salem. They're going to go to Roanoke College, not the Salem Civic Center. We will be playing on conference championship weekend in Division One this year. It's unfortunate. Um, I, I'm not sure. It's not affecting television too much. CBS Sports, I believe, is going to be showing the national championship in men's basketball at 7 o'clock on Saturday evening. So it's a little later than we normally get. So that's not a bad thing in that sense. But it's also right in the middle of everybody playing conference championships. And maybe people stumble into the game that way um, because they're looking for all these, you know, these other games. Um, this is this, this is what happened in 2013, if you remember. Um, the calendar gets quirky every six years. CBS now moves the Final Four to be the weekend before the Masters, and the Masters moves a week later, and, and you get this quirkiness. And we got it in 2013. That's why it was a six-year, six-week tournament. We're getting that quirk again here. Speaking of that, though, in 2013, there is now a push from NCAA committees, not the basketball committee, but other committees, to do 2013 Atlanta and 2016 Indianapolis and the women's side over again twice by 2030. I think once by 2024? I could be wrong on the 2024 part. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I am not a fan of dragging out the postseason. Now, I think they got to make sure they don't pick a 2013 type of year where we have a six-week postseason. It's a five-week. Five-week, we could probably get away with it. The disadvantage is the semifinals would be by themselves most likely as a solo one-off like the women did in 2016, and then you wait basically 10 days to two weeks to play the championship if that's that compromise i can probably I, I can live with i don't like it dragged out i don't like all that time between games to be blunt um the fact the championship would take place two weeks after they play the semifinals i just don't love it I, I just don't but that is in the works there is a push to do it twice with both genders by 2030 um we'll keep an eye on that um, we mentioned Stevens Point. Stevens Point investigation continues. My gut was if we got to this point and had not heard a resolution, that we won't feel a res- get a resolution to the end of the season. What I have been able to piece together is it, it's it's not in a standstill. The Stevens Point men's and basketball investigation is not in a standstill in any way. The best I can figure out is at least it's moving forward. But there are so many parts to this and so many moving ent- elements of it that it's really hard to figure out when it could end, where it could lead, etc. It's about as much as I can say. Um, 
Uh, it's moved forward. We don't know where it sits. It's not resolved. There's a chance it gets resolved before the holidays. I could see that happening. We get a resolution before the turn of the year. But my gut tells me we're going to be, it's off season. It's, it'll be after the season. It's just, I hate feeling that dragged out because every time I think it's about to end, it is dragged out. That's maybe why I'm thinking this is going to drag out a little longer. But yeah, it's been a long three years already. Um, but a resolution is coming. I, I just don't know when yet. And, and that I know for sure. This is not, you know, there's nobody sitting twiddling their fingers here. There isn't, you know, it, it's not been ignored. But it gets, these things get complicated, especially when there are so many moving parts. And so we'll, we'll see where that leads. Andrew, to your question about hope. I like hope. I'm not loving hope. Um, women's team's going to be tremendous. Um, I th- again, I, I don't see any reason why the women's team won't be pretty good. And the men's team, I put in my top 25. I think they're going to be pretty solid. Interestingly enough, okay, I'm going to leave it at this. There's a surprise coming on Tuesday. We'll leave it at that. Um, I'm not going to spoil that surprise, but there's a surprise coming Tuesday. I think Hope's the top team in, in the MIAA on the men's side. Um, Olivet is darn good. I, I was concerned when I looked at him. I thought they maybe lost too much or, or maybe it's just the right pieces. I, I didn't, I wasn't thrilled with Olivet. I didn't look at Calvin, Calvin, who had a, a, two players, I think transfer, uh, maybe three, one of them went to Emory. Um, I didn't really look at Trine. Um, hope looks good. The thing is, I don't think they're as dominant as they used to be. They're not as strong as they used to be. The MIA doesn't feel as strong. I got this in a fight on the boards on this. There are some who feel that the conference has gotten better from top to bottom and that the bottom, um, has gotten better and the top has come back a little bit. I will agree. The top has come back. I think the top isn't as competitive and as strong as, you know, not as competitive. That's the wrong word, but not as strong as it used to be. I don't agree that the bottom has gotten better, and maybe I'm reading it wrong. I think the tops come back to the MIAA. I think that's resulted in the middle becoming far more competitive, but the bottom hasn't improved. So the top's taking more losses in games they shouldn't be losing, and thus you get some more wins in the middle and the bottom than you're used to. How Hope escapes that, I'm not sure. I'm just not... I think hope's good. I'm not blown away. And this is a year where we're going to see teams that are darn good. Nebraska Wesleyan, um, Whitman, in no particular order here, folks. Oshkosh, Augustana, MIT, Springfield. Watch out for New Jersey City. Plattsburgh's going to have a good squad. Williams is probably going to be a surprise. You're going to have, in the past, we've talked about parity in Division Three because no one's been dominant. We've had a couple of dominant teams or feel like dominant teams, but you know, you've heard me or seen me right. I don't know who to put at 10 because it doesn't feel like there's a number 10 team. Like the t- team I'm putting 10 deserves to be 16, but I got nobody put between 10 and 16, and so 16 rises to 10 and so on. This year, I think we got 15 teams that are that all deserve to be in the top five. That might be an exaggeration, but we're going to have so many good teams that are out of place lower because there's so many of them this year. And there's a ton of guards. Did you see the All-Americas? Talk about that. That's called a tease. And we'll talk about the All-America list uh, a little bit later in the show. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation about coaching changes and uh, one of the biggest in the offseason that took place. 
the the changing of the guard at WashU, and as a result, Oshkosh. You're listening to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. Send us your questions, email us, tweet us, Facebook us, whatever you do. We'll get them asked on the air. You're listening to Hoops, so back with more after this. I'm a Division Three student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I'm a Division Three student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Uh, email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're simulcasting the show. Got my really cool headphones on that can tell you we got a telephone interview coming up. Um, speaking of hashtags, by the way, you might notice, especially from our D3 sports group, that we have uh, no longer using D3H. It's a long story we can maybe get into on another show, but D3H or D3Hoops is now the hashtag. That's pretty much why we're not complaining. Uh, so use the hashtag D3Hoops for all Division Three news. By the way, I want a quick shout-out, and it's apropos. We talked about coaching changes earlier. Uh, Mark Edwards uh, inducted into the Missouri Hall of Fame. Um, Sports Hall of Fame, I should say. Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. He says on Twitter just a short time ago, it was a very special day. Thanks to the players, parents, coaches, administrators, family, and friends who've made this possible. It was a humbling honor and a classy event. Um yeah, Mark Edwards retired, as we all knew, at the end of last season. We tried to drag it out of him during an interview on Hoopsville earlier in the year when we got hints that he may be taking uh, a leave, as it were, from the job. Uh, he wouldn't bite. Um, but nonetheless, it was the, one of the many coaching changes we were watching, but certainly the most sought after. And they went with an interesting uh, decision, um, not in a bad way, but in the sense that uh, I think a lot of people – didn't know who would get it. I certainly knew there were a lot of good finalists, but the national runner-up, Oshkosh, their head coach, Pat Yuckum, took the job. And joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the aforementioned Pat Yuckum. And, sir, thanks for taking the time. 
Dave, great to be with you, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, we should point out, uh, you'll, he, I know Pat will get a chuckle, chuckle out of this, we talked in the offseason for a podcast interview that never aired, um, so we're starting from scratch. So I appreciate you taking the extra time to join me. Let's just consider that a good practice for Yeah, it was, it was a good practice for everybody, right? Um, let's start first and foremost. Let's back up the train up a little bit. You took Oshkosh to the national championship. You guys had a heck of a game with the Nebraska Wesleyan before the Prairie Wolves really got the best of you guys. You had to be pleased with the Titans and what you guys were able to accomplish arguably a year after controversially making the NCAA tournament. You really kind of had a heck of a run there. We did, and I, I will I'll say that, uh, you know, it, it was a uh, – I had terrific players and, uh, and, a, and a really, really strong coaching staff. And so um, we, we had been building, I thought, to uh, what ultimately occurred last year with, with uh, a great postseason run. We felt like that was a team that had the potential to, to uh, achieve a lot of things, and we survived the, <laughs> the rugged league. That, uh, the league was terrific there and, and uh, you know, had a just – Kind of collected ourselves uh, over the weekend after the uh, the conference tournament ended, and and uh, you know uh, Ben Boots and, and and that crew just led us on a on a heck of a journey for three weeks. That was uh, something that we'll always uh, look back very fondly. Uh, um, it was a, it was a blast, and and uh, I was fortunate to be along with a great group, and and came up just a bit short, but man, wouldn't trade the experience we had for anything. Quickly before we let you go, uh, go off the topic about Oshkosh, they, they certainly bring back a lot of talent, though they lost a little bit too. They lost yourself, of course, as well, though your assistant became the head coach. Um, and the WIAC has been – listen, the WIAC's always been tough, but the WIAC recently has become a beast of a conference. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, and I think this year, once again, it'll prove that uh, there's, there was very few graduation losses with, with most of those teams. Yeah. You know, I think it was just – there was a stretch where, you know, there was like maybe two programs that kind of separated from everyone else. And what we saw occur over the last few years is, um, you know, those programs remained very competitive, but then others started joining them, including, you know, Oshkosh and some others. And, and all the way down the line, it's just, just it's rugged. And, uh, you know, just with, uh, you know, the 14 conference games, it, it's, it's such a physical league um, that, uh, you know, it just, it does take a toll a little bit. You just have to survive and try to win enough of those and, position yourself and and um you know i think last year you saw i think three teams were in the sweet 16 and uh i think this year once again it'll be a heck of a race yeah it should be exciting to watch to say the least at what point pat did you realize i am gonna be gonna i'm gonna make a play for this wash U job i kind of remember you talk you know i talk in the offseason um wash U is a, a coveted job but it was almost a bit of a dream job you know, yes, uh, and I was certainly not looking to leave actively. Um, you know, loved what we had going in Oshkosh and was very comfortable there. Of course, very excited with what we had coming back. Um, but you know, it, this was a, this was maybe the only job I would have left for, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and you know, I had gotten to know uh, Mark Edwards since um, over the years uh, through the Final Four, and I think I'd been on the campus once or twice. Uh, maybe back 10 years ago, even 11 years ago. And, uh, you know, it was always kind of in the back of my mind, you know, that that would be uh, just a very intriguing place. And when you've been, and I don't know if you've ever been on the WashU campus, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know there's too many better 
um, in, in, that, in this country and, uh, you know, certainly the quality of the education and, and everything. It was intriguing. I felt, you know, I owed it to, you know, my family to, to go through the process and, and um, you know, but it was, it was something that, uh, again, knowing that I had a great situation in Oshkosh and it had to be right. And, uh, you know, fortunately, it, it, you know, it, it worked out and, and uh, uh, I guess I was chosen and, and I'm very excited every day that I've been here. I think has reaffirmed the decision uh, that was the right one for me. I was going to say, I, I, I'm not going to certainly, I don't know if we, we were officially reported who was in the running, so I don't want to say anything ahead of myself, but it was, a, it, was a, it was an interesting crew. I mean, there were some really good names in this mix, and, and of course you're one of those. There were also a couple assistants. There were certainly some rumors that were swirling that were fascinating. At what point did you realize this? Obviously the call comes that tells you you got the job, but at what point did it kind of sink in? that you got that call and that you now either had to make a decision unless that decision was easy or that you were going to be taken over for Mark Edwards. Yeah. So that was, you know, uh, there's a lot of soul searching there in between the time when I interviewed and then when ultimately when that, when that call came and, and uh, um, you know, obviously a lot of conversations with, with, within my family, with my wife, um, you know, she came down with me when I interviewed and, 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 you know, cause we have, uh, you know, two t- teenage boys and, <laughs> you know, it's not just, uh, it's just not myself involved. It's right. uh, the uprooting of a family and new schools and that whole transition. And it had to be right, um, on all fronts for it to be, uh, you know, and so we, when we did our, you know, our due diligence with that part and felt very comfortable with, um, that that would be good not only for my wife professionally, but for our kids and their educational opportunities that, um, you know, but it, I'm glad we had a little bit of time to kind of really sort through those things and didn't have to make a decision, say, within 24 hours <laughs> yeah. uh, after I interviewed. Um, there was enough time that passed that we could really, you know, kind of process it and, and reflect. And, um, you know, by the time, it came, you know, the, the, that call came, that opportunity was presented you know, that we knew what we needed, what we wanted to do. And that was ultimately uh, accept the position and, and make this makes this change. Let's be honest. You left, left a team that was somewhat loaded to a team that lost a ton and shockingly and disappointingly lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It's not like you walked into a cupboard full necessarily. You Listen, there's good talent there. I'm not saying that, but they lost a good amount of seniors. You're starting a little bit from square one. Yes, I think we, I think graduation day at WashU, we had about 75 or 76 percent of our scoring, rebounding points, uh, or, or minutes played, uh, grabbed their diplomas. So um, you're, you're right. It's uh, um, you know there's not a lot of guys in the program that have had significant roles, um, but they were they were behind a terrific class, the, the senior class that just graduated, Andrew Sanders and that crew um, had a phenomenal run over several years and, and two uh, UAA titles. Um, and and uh, so, um, you know, yeah, we, we are fully aware of, of uh, kind of where we're at. Um, there is, you know, I'm fortunate to have, um, you know, the, the Coach Edwards, his staff had recruited well. And, there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not devoid of talent, but we are devoid of, of game experience. And, and uh, you know, we've got a lot of things to sort out. But we've got great kids here, and, and they are, um, they've been phenomenal in practice and, and open to change. They're learning a new language, and it's certainly you know when you walk in the gym day one on October fifteenth, and you know not one person in the gym you know is, and knows the drill or a concept we're using. 
we really had to, we were truly starting over, but uh, we made a lot of progress and, and uh, we've got a lot more to make too. Uh, looking at the head, you'll start on Saturday against Illinois College. Uh, then next week, you'll be at Webster. And then uh, into the throes of it, uh, on, on October 20th, you'll take on Illinois Wesleyan, who certainly should have a good season. you got a, you got a heck of a schedule here outside of the UAA. You've got some good tests. You'll also head out to uh, – you'll, you'll play Carthage. You'll also play Pomona Pitzer. Um, you got a chance at either Alma or Platteville. There's a lot of interesting, intriguing games, including Augustana there. This isn't, not that we would be surprised, but it's not going to be exactly a, an easy season. Uh, no, we've got some great challenges on, on our, in our non-conference schedule, and, um, which, as we should, um, I know our, our, our guys are excited to compete against the, the best teams out there, and certainly uh, we've got many of them on our, on our schedule. And, and uh, so, you know, I, I, I think, and most coaches feel this way, I think as well, or echo this, you know, you, you gain the most in playing those games. That's where you learn the most about your team and um, your weaknesses get exposed. And, you know, our goal obviously is hopefully to collect as many uh, in the left-hand column as possible. But ultimately, especially in year one and in this transition, to hopefully get ourselves, you know, right and figured out and playing really good basketball by the time we roll, roll into UAA play. Um, you know, post January first, which is going to be a, you know, another really interesting uh, battle in the conference with a lot of, uh, I think, balance and and uh, good, you know, great coaching. So, um, you know, kind of one step at a time. But uh, we do have some great challenges in our non-conference schedule. You're, you're one of three new coaches in the UAA this season: Brandeis, NYU, and and WashU. It was a heck of a turnover. Uh, some coaches jumped the totem pole real fast, went from the middle to the top. Um, what, what are you expecting? Uh, it seems like, from an outsider's point of view, it feels like the UAA is wide open and, and, and a little bit head-scratchy. You know, that's, the I think, the consensus. Um, you know, when you look, uh, and I fortunately, you know, we, um, we played against Emory um, in the Sweet 16 this mm-hmm. past March, and so that was the you know the one program that that certainly I became familiar with yeah. through uh, you know that preparation and a lot of respect for Jason and the consistency in his program. Um, I think he returns a good core nucleus, and uh, so you know they're going to be very competitive always. And uh, Rochester has uh, I think they have everybody back or majority back, and, and Luke does a great job with those guys. They, they they've got a great system. Chicago's got really good talent and. Had a great finish at the end of the year in league play, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and down the line, uh, you know, Case and Carnegie return. I think four starters each, um, and had some quality wins. So, uh, uh, and then we got the new, you know, uh, the new guys, my fellow rookies, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, at uh, NYU and Brandeis. So, um, yeah, I think everybody has, you know, just in the research we've done, and, and some of the uh, we've done some kind of scouts this fall just to get familiar with. Uh, you know these programs a little bit. I don't know. I didn't know a ton about. You know, just having not a face majority. Um, very impressed with the talent, the skill, and the coaching in this league. So it's going to be, you know, professionally um, very exciting uh, to, to just you know tackle some new obstacles and new systems, and hopefully, you know, grow as a coach along the way. What's been the uh, biggest learning curve so far for you and the team? This is a team. Yeah, granted, young, but used to Mark Edwards and how he does things. You come in with your own mentality as any new coach would. What's been the growing pain for you? What's been the growing pain for the team so far this season or this uh, preseason? Yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, normally in any given year you have a core group of, of players that have been with you who understand your language and your system and can 
even in, in the fall, you know, pick up games and open gyms, you know, they're starting to teach kind of your way, um, you know, your approach to, to your first year guys. Um, you know, the reality is this year is we had basically a full gym full of freshmen, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And everyone was new. And even those upperclassmen, you know, uh, those juniors and seniors were in some ways it's been almost more challenging for them because they really, their system was really ingrained. Yeah. Our first year guys, they're just, they're first years and they don't, oh, yeah, they don't they know any better they yet. They just have <laughs> that, that awesome naivete about them, you know, and coach and, with just uh, a different, a little bit of different gray. It's just a different coach. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, the, 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 the beautiful thing, obviously to watch you is, is, you know, these kids are, you know, they're wicked intelligent, and and <laughs> they pick things up really fast. And uh, they've done it. They've done a really good job of, you know, of, of taking those things. We've been really deliberate and kind of been you know, taking it kind of step by step. And um, you know, so we've made great growth. Um, you know, and, and I guess now going on almost three weeks. But um, so that's probably the biggest thing. Just you know, literally a, a basic. Uh, you know, warm-up drill <laughs> that normal, any given year you call it out and, yeah. you know, half your team knows it and the, 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 the rookies just jump in behind and kind of figure it out. Well, we were having to explain everything, yeah. you know, from, from the get-go. And so just, you know, you just, it just takes a little bit longer. But uh, um, they've picked it up really well, and they're, uh, they're, they're very coachable and, and uh, very competitive. Um, you know, these are, these are guys that, that really love to compete. We love to compete and practice and they've really just kind of eaten that up. And uh, so it's been practice has been, you know, now that we've kind of getting a little bit of a rhythm and groove and they understand at least on a, on a 10,000 foot level, what we're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, we've made, we've made some really good growth. Mark Edwards hinted to me. He wanted to also help the program in transition. How much has he been able to help you? <laughs> a phenomenal amount. Uh, you know, so Mark didn't officially retire uh, until early July. I believe it was July. 2nd. Yeah. He was hanging on, man. Yeah, <laughs> understandably so. Um, I got down there in, in early June. We had a couple. We had a camp, and, and Mark, and not no surprise for people to know him. He, he's he was you know gracious, and he had the camp set up and kind of did the administrative thing. So essentially, we shared an office for <laughs> a month, and it was hilarious because I'd walk in, you know, or, or you know, and, and I'd be sitting in one of like a chair, but not like the desk chair, right? And he'd walk in and. He'd say, you know, Pat, you need to go sit. Like, that's your chair. And I'm like, Coach, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not sitting there, um, you know, <laughs> while you're still gainfully employed. <laughs> no <employer>. way. Coach. <laughs> so, and, he's, and, and he'd sit, you know, he wouldn't sit. So, we just had, he shared so much and continues. We had lunch um, just the other day. And, and uh, you know, he's, he, you know, this is all he's done for, yeah. you know, the last 40-some years. And, um He's a brilliant man and, and cares about the, the, this program, like you know, as you would understand, he would. And he's been great. He's been great in terms of getting me connected with the people that I need to know. Um, and uh, you know, he's—it's kind of funny. We film a lot of our practice, and uh, um, we we watch it on Huddle. And uh, so after <laughs> practice, it, our, our um, it gets uploaded, and Coach is still on our kind of like the coaches. So he gets the email. That practice film was up, and no shock, he's watching the practice film as well. So I, I have lunch with him a couple of days ago, and, and I meet him, and we're walking. He goes, you know, boy, you know, so-and-so really had a good practice yesterday. And, you know, so I know he's watching it through the coach's eye. And uh, that's just really cool because I know it fills, um, 
a, a real not a void, but just you know, this is this time of year that coaches we love because you're just you're not even worrying about scouting reports and 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 you know, you're just worrying about trying to get your team better. And um, so it's just really neat that he still has that uh, you know he's he's watching that and and uh, able to feel really part of it because quite honestly, these are all guys that he brought here, um, and I know he cares deeply about them. Well, if you need to, don't be afraid to call security. <laughs> I mean, no, no issues there. No yeah, issues. He, he's got so. a great, great, great feel, and um, I'm fortunate to call him a, a, a great friend and, and uh, you know, a mentor as well. Well, we look forward to seeing what the Bears can do in the UAA. Obviously, a little further away uh, in conference play, but looking forward to seeing the transition. Good luck. I know it's big shoes to fill, but I, you clearly are up to the task, and we, uh, we. We, we, I mean, again, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, we, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us twice, technically. Uh, as always, give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? You know, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit at the beginning there with uh, <laughs> mentioning uh, Mark winning the uh, – or getting uh, honored today with the uh, Missouri Hall yeah. of Fame. But, uh, I, again, and just want to reiterate, um, you know, how honored I am to follow him and to, to have uh, – you know, have the baton handed off. You know, he's normally when you you come in, you're following someone who is fired or left, and uh, there's this break, and, and we've had this really seamless uh, transition, and he's been nothing but gracious and, and uh, um, a huge supporter. And so I'm, I'm, I'm getting uh, excited for him and honored and congratulating him and, and his great honor today. And, and uh, as I've told people, my job is just not to screw it up. So we're going to try to do that. Oh, no pressure <laughs> when you put it that way. Uh, Pat, congratulations again on the job. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you. I mean, I expect you in the national championship game, I figure. Um, you know, why not, right? Two in a row, two different teams. Maybe that, a nice that's story. why we do this. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Dave. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Pat Yuckum joining us from WashU, taking over for Mark Edwards, as we talked about. Congratulations to him. Hey, Oshkosh is going to be a good team as well. We talked about the WIAC. It's going to be a battle. The UAA is going to be a battle, I think, for different reasons. Just is, there isn't a, a juggernaut in that, in that, um, in that uh, conference this year. Emory does look good. I think they were the preseason pick for, to be the top of that conference. On the men's side, you know, question really for me is how good could Rochester be? I, I, I'm just not sure. Um, you know, NYU is going to take some growing pains. Brandeis is going to take some growing pains. I think you can't uh, sleep on uh, Carnegie Mellon or Case Western, especially Case Western. Uh, Chicago could be really good this year from at least what soothsayers in the Chicagoland area are saying. It'll be interesting to watch how it all plays out. And of course, again, watch you somewhat young under a new head coach. We'll see how that all plays out. Going to take another break. When we come back, we'll jump up to the Northeast, talk to the other preseason number one and defending national champs, winner of 66 straight games. But who's counting? We'll talk to uh, to uh, <laughs> Amherst's basketball coach on the women's side, G.P. Gromacki. You're listening to Hoops, so presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll have more. Whoops, looks like we uh taking a little hit from the Wirecast, so bear with me. Our little programming system has decided to freeze up. Trying to see if it... uh. Looks like we're still programming, or still broadcasting, so I'm just waiting for the computer response, so we'll to him and haw. By the way, after the GP Gromacki interview, we will uh, do a few more hot topics and whatnot as well, so stick around for those. Um, it, 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 I know I'm still streaming. I can tell I'm still streaming. Um, we're going to wait for this program to respond here so that we can get back so we don't have a break in our streaming content. 
Um, so bear with us. But we'll come back with hot topics still at the end and some other of your questions to wrap things up. I know we got some questions from people. Uh, we also have a few topics we haven't touched on, so we'll try and hit those as well. But GP Gromacki coming up as soon as we get our program to respond. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Sorry about that. Uh, a little bit of a hiccup with our programming, uh, but that's that's part of the beginning of the season, as many of you have gotten to know. We're back on the air here. Podcasters, you won't even notice anything happened. We hope uh, everything's saved. Fortunately, we lost our simulcast on Facebook. We apologize for that. Uh, if you've got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where you can ask questions, so we're not simulcasting anymore now switching to gears going to talk women's basketball winners of 66 straight games two national championships we're not counting or anything but uh they're back on a roll the uh mammoths of amherst college on the women's side certainly are um a beast to be reckoned with as it were but it's really interesting this year especially in the NESCAC. and it's not like amherst didn't lose any players they still have some Good talent coming back, but they also lost some talent. We're kind of getting used to a lot of that. So a lot of questions for our guest, G.P. Gromacki, who joins us on the on the uh, Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, thanks for taking the time. Hey, I really appreciate it. It's uh, great to talk with you, Dave. Absolutely. Ready to start a new year. Yeah, I can't believe it. And we'll talk a little bit about how that year starts for you guys in just a little bit. First, got to get uh, our elephant out of, the, out of the room. And, yes, no pun intended on the mammoths. We have this lovely young headshot of you, sir. Um, I'm pretty sure it was taken when you got to Amherst. Let's be honest. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm living off that headshot, but uh, I'm not going to you know, change it until they really ask me for a new one. I don't, sir. I don't blame you a bit. Uh, I wish that there was ways to, to not change the video on our show um, so that people don't see me. Um, first and foremost, two Back-to-back national championships, two of them. Um, it's not like that's unfamiliar territory. Long winning streaks have been um, a thing for Amherst under your your leadership. None of the 66-game winning streak or anything like that is new to you as a program. Um, maybe to the players, but it, it's when the coaches are used to it, they're used to it as a sense. I, I assume, Don, that going into the season, it's like going into any other season for you guys. Yeah, I mean that that's it's great to have the streak going, but it's in the past, and we just have to focus on what uh, this year's team can do. When you, well, this year's team's going to be interesting. You did lose quite a bit of talent um, from last year's squad that certainly helped you guys to that national championship. But you've gotten very good at always reloading um, or retooling. You you never have an off year. At least not an off year that most coaches deal with. <laughs> you might have an off year where you lose two games. What is it like for the program to always have someone to take a phrase from the New England point of view, the next man up from the Patriots point? What's it like to have that mentality for a program? Well, yeah, you're definitely correct. We've, we lost some great players from last year's team. The year before that, we lost some great players. And, you know, we're fortunate to have, you know, a different group kind of, I guess, age into their role a little bit. Um, you know, we've got three returning then sophomores, now juniors, uh, that we hope can kind of up their game a little bit compared to what they did last year and, um, you know, kind of lead us, you know, to the promised land this year. So, you know, we're really fortunate to have great players and sometimes it's just about 
win you for your chance and getting that opportunity to show what you can do. We should point out, you're still kind of learning about your team. The NESCAC uh, doesn't allow practices for anybody in the conference to start until November 1, including after the uh, season got moved up to the start of November 8th. You still can't start your first games until the Friday before Thanksgiving. So you don't lose any practice time compared to the rest of Division Three. But more and more, Division Three is going to have quite a few games under their belts before they even come and see you guys in, in many ways. How challenging is this starting to become? You know, I'm, right now I'm not too concerned about it. I mean, ask me that first weekend <laughs> to see you know, how fine-tuned some of these teams are compared to us just being thrown into the first couple games. But, you know, I'm not worried about that at all. It's just we're getting prepared for November 17th, and we're not, you know, concerned who's playing on the 8th or the 10th or the 12th. Uh, we're just worried about what we're doing to get ready for that first, you know, first opening game. Um, you might, you know, in a couple of years, I'm sure it's going to become a, a bigger topic. But is it is it weird? And maybe you've gotten used to it, so this isn't relevant. But is it weird that everybody else gets to start on October 15th, and you got to sit there spinning your wheels for two more weeks trying to get practices underway? It was weird the first year I arrived at Amherst because you know there's other other institutions that were allowed to practice starting October 15th and. When I first got to Amherst, I was kind of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I really didn't probably do enough research to realize that. But now, uh, after being here, it doesn't phase me at all. I mean, I'll take those two weeks of rest, so to speak, and yeah. two weeks to prepare more and, and get you know, our first years acclimated to the school and their academics. And that actually turned it into a plus. Amherst is is full of good teams um, across the board in almost every sport. There's a team that does well, except in the sport of football. Somebody is probably making a, a march to an NCAA tournament in some way, shape, or form. Does two national championships and 66 straight wins stand out, or do you guys still have to kind of fight for some recognition from, from the rest of the student body there? Well, it's hard to say, like, I don't even know if everyone on campus even knows we won another national championship. <laughs> and the two kind of blended together. Yeah. Um, you know, all the teams do really well, and, and we have two players that, you know, were playing in those tech tournaments this weekend, and they've been at in soccer, Cam Hendricks in volleyball. So we've been, you know, four days of both those players. And if they move on tomorrow and NCAA tournament play, we're going to be without them even longer. Yeah. So... You know, that definitely affects us. Um, but, you know, we just like being part of Amherst, not just sure. Amherst women's basketball getting recognition. And it's great when we do, but, uh, you know, we do have athletic department with, with some great coaches and great teams. So we're just kind of uh, in the mix with that crop and just be proud, you know, that we're Amherst College. Uh, looking at your non-conference um, uh, scheduling, I, I know it gets hard for you guys to some degree to really get maybe the opponents you want. Um, it seems to me, from an outsider's point of view, with with nobody telling me anything, that it's that it's getting tougher. Um, you've got a wide wide range of non-conference opponents. Um, you've got a Stevens Point game, which we'll talk more about. You got Westfield State. But you also have a New Jersey squad, New Jersey City squad that's coming off a little bit of a of a bruising season for a lot of reasons. 
Um, and you got some others in there. Manual, though, certainly a very good program uh, there. How how hard has scheduling gotten for you? Yeah, I'm glad you're bringing this up because if people don't even realize, we've had around seven teams all within, let's call it an hour of us. Sure. Since they first got here, refused to play us. Hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, in the other sports at Amherst, most of those teams play each other. And, you know, these teams have just given every little excuse why they won't play. And, you know, it's gotten tougher. So I, re- I really respect the teams that have stuck with us throughout the years or added us a couple of years in and, and are willing to play us every year. Um, it means a lot to me. And the coaches, you know, that we compete against, you know, still want to keep that relationship going. Now, that being said, we've really had to tweak our schedule. I mean, when I was in the summer just trying to find any game or two, and we were actually scheduled a long story short to play in Florida in one of the tournaments. And they couldn't get enough teams to fill the tournament. It was, and they, the director told me it was like the first time in 25 years they couldn't fill the women's tournament. And, you know, he kind of said <laughs> Amherst was part of the problem. The teams were backing out of that tournament. Hmm. So, you know, I was hoping to get maybe three games in the tournament. You're really kind of guaranteed two because I just knew teams were dropping me again this year. Uh, so what happened is I called up our, you know, a guy out in Vegas mm-hmm. and I said, can you take us back? We're, we're scrounging for games. And he said, of course. And, and then I called, uh, Carol at Chapman. I said, can you get me two more games out in California? Cause last year we flew to Vegas and yep. drove to Los Angeles through the desert. And it was a great trip for our team. And, yeah. you know, one, that we're fortunate we have the resources to do. And they said, sure, you know, we'll get you another game also. So there was my four games and bam. And then we picked up New Jersey city probably around the same time because they had a coach that came in late and they needed a few games. And uh, so I picked up five games in a short amount of time. And, you know, if I wasn't able to do this, you know, I was probably going to be down three games and it was, it was like June. Jeez. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we, again, were able to pull it together. But, uh, and I really like the Vegas, California trip, but, you know, that's a long stretch doing that. And yeah. I don't know how many more years we can do it, but if we have to, you know, I told some of my team, you know, like, this might be an every year thing that we do, but <laughs> you know, it's kind of great for our program in some ways, but in other ways, we'd like to get to some different places and, and maybe get, you know, some different teams back, but sure. Um, we just, you know, you could, if you really want to do research and I don't recommend you do this, it's kind of a waste of time, <laughs> but you could go back and look who we used to play. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they just dropped us and oh, I, they're yeah. all within an hour. No, oh, I know. I know them. I don't have to do that much research. I know the names. Um, I, I can pick them out uh, blindfolded on some of them. I, I know the ones right. you're no longer playing. Um, you are back in Vegas. We're not complaining. Um, though, if you do start affecting our tournament, we're going to have a talk. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we enjoy having you out there. I think you got a good test with Westfield State. That's a team in, in New England. I think a lot of people um, want to see step up to that next level. Uh, we wouldn't normally want a New England game, but it, it worked out, and that worked out nicely right. for everybody. And then you got Stevens Point. You know Shirley Egner is going to give you a game. 
Um, sure. And then, yeah, you're doing that double dip where you're heading back out through the desert. Uh, hey, look, folks, it's Cactus. Um, and you're going to take on Redlands and Chapman. That's an interesting four games there before you get into what should be a really interesting NESCAC this season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, that's four games in five days out there against, you know, all capable opponents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're looking forward to it. That's pretty far ahead. But, uh, yeah, that'll be a fun stretch for us before we get NESCAC play. NASCAC's interesting, and I I bring it up only because, listen, we've always known that there's been good basketball. We've gotten very used to um, Tufts being a a good squad. You're number one. Bowden is number two this year in the preseason top 25. Tufts is sitting in six. That's that's got all the writings of not only being tough because of of Tufts, but if Bowden is as good as we've seen in the last couple years or better, then you mix in the rest of that conference who's chomping at the bit to knock off the top teams. The, the NESCAC is no longer, and I don't think it was ever easy, but it's certainly, you, you're not going to have a night off ever. No, I mean, it's it's one of the toughest conferences in the country. I'm not going to, you know, That's a fair. That's go out fair. on a limb and say it's the toughest. Um, you know, it's got a great balance of obviously with the academics, but uh, yeah, everyone's getting better. Everyone's tried to up their game and you know, trying to chase us down and, you know, copy a lot of things that we do. And that's they just work. the way it is. <laughs> so, I don't, you know, I don't blame them. Um, quick question. Would you ever want to go to a double round robin to help some of, of that scheduling you got you got to handle every year? Yeah, I, you know, I haven't thought about it too much, but I guess if scheduling really became a problem, sure. But I will say this, that traveling to NESCAC, for some of the schools, we're a little more centrally located. Yeah, you guys are certainly in a better be, spot. What would really be difficult for some of the schools year in and year out to make those trips. This way, you know, some of the longer trips are only made, you know, every other year. Sure. Yeah, and, can, yeah. uh, you know, looking at that aspect, aspect I think it would be pretty difficult to do. So the model that we have in place is very effective. And, um, you know, I, I don't think... Again, I can't speak for the other coaches, but we think this works pretty well. And, you know, we play Wesleyan and Williams the extra game, and I believe, you know, other schools yeah. in our conference, definitely the main schools, yep. all play each other in an extra game. So you get some good rivalries, so you see a home and a way on, in those type of opponents. So it's worked out pretty well for us. So I think the model we have right now is, is, is pretty effective. Uh, curious, um, on a personal level, how, how many times are you called by higher divisions, especially division one about job openings? There were a couple in new England that I know people contacted me going, I wonder if that's a GP Gromacki type of job and, and a little outside new England, depending on how you rule what new England is. How often are you called? How often are you tempted? Are you ever tempted to, to, leave what has been an amazing career in Division Three behind and, and try the higher divisions and see if you can prove yourself up there too? Yeah, I've, I've had – there's been a lot of inquiries. Um, I can honestly say I have not taken a formal interview at any school. Interesting. Since I've been at Amherst. Um, and I'm not going to be one, as you see, throughout the country that says, oh, I'll, you know, 
I love it here. I'm not going anywhere. And then the next week, you know, the person's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm never going to do that. I'm going to either say my time's up and it's time for me to retire or move to another place. I'm not going to say one thing. You know, maybe that's not politically correct and not the wisest thing to do, but I'm going to tell you like it is. I mean, I, I really like it here. It fits my lifestyle um, with a family and all the extra things I have going on outside of basketball. Um, so it's, it's been great for family life. Uh, you know, it, it would have to have to be something really big or really special, I guess, to get me to look elsewhere. And, and to be honest with you, when I was a lot younger and, uh, you know, looking ahead, you know, I can remember at times before I got to Amherst, I would, I'd be looking, you know, every year to go somewhere else or every month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even yeah, probably that's a better example. Uh but now uh sometimes I don't even know there there are openings because I'm so busy doing other things I'm not looking at that stuff and I might get a friend of me friend of mine calling me out, Hey, do you know this job's open? What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> oh, really it's open that you know, that coach moved on or got let go or something and it's not you know, I I'm not looking at all. Um so I'm I'm, I'm really happy here and you know, I really can see myself here for, you know, 10, 12, 15 years at the most uh, and finish finish it out. Um, you know, again, I guess if, if a big school with a seven-figure salary calls, that might be a little different story, but I don't see that happening. I'm really happy here. So if it never happens, I'm fine with that. I'm not, not looking elsewhere, that's for sure. There's a bunch of coaches in the NESCAC in New England who just went, darn it all. Uh, <laughs> but I will pencil you in for the, when the UConn job opens. Just saying. Just saying. There you go. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for the insight. I appreciate that. Um, con- good luck uh, the, rest, or the rest of the season when you get things going. Uh, good luck. We look forward to seeing you guys continue your march, and I look forward to seeing you back in Vegas. As always, we give you the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in? Yeah, I think uh, all the – the coach division three coaches, men and women throughout the country and all the fans really appreciate what you guys to put our programs on the map. Um, yeah, I am really looking forward to seeing you guys in Vegas. It's, it's always a fun time kind of middle of the season to catch up with the guys that run D three hoops. So, uh, definitely excited about the season and, and, uh, looking forward to seeing you again. Awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing if we, we you change up the dress attire too. I'm wondering if I need to yeah, up my game. I think I think we're going to stay the same. Okay. Okay. We we, we can't really top that no. that shirt, but uh, you never know. I can have my assistant look online see if we can find something a little different. But we can't seem to do well with those shirts, so I'm just afraid wanna, to change it up. I just want to know if we need to up our game. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, take care of yourself. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Great all talk right. with Dave. Take care. Thank you. GP Gromacki joining us on the, on the uh, Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him taking the time to do so. Uh, fascinating uh, what they're going to be up against. Again, 66-game winning streak, but the, the next CAC's going to be challenging. Um, we can talk more about some of that scheduling co- challenge in the future, certainly when we talk to some other schools. Um, but fascinating to hear his insight on that, insight also on coaching. Fascinating. He has never taken a formal interview at any other school while at Amherst. I think that may surprise a few people. Uh, Andrew. Uh, GP can get trying job. <laughs> uh, Andrew, um, I <laughs> I think it's going to be hard to pull him out of Amherst to go to trying, to be honest with you, my man. 
I, I, it'd be fascinating if he did. Um, why don't Hope go to Vegas? Ask Hope. Um, I think there's a couple reasons. There may be that they can't go. I don't remember if they play during between Christmas and New Year's. I know they can't host anything. Um, so I'm not sure if they can go or not. But ask Hope. It's open to anybody. Anybody can go to the Vegas, the D3Hoops.com Classic if they want to. Uh, it's like a regular tournament. We just make it a bigger deal. Uh, I'm going to take a, well, you know what? I'm not going to take a break. Oh, no, we're going to take a break. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show with some other content um, and wrap up with some other hot topics and all of that stuff. So stick with us. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up, put a nice little bow on this show uh, here as well. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA NEBC Studios. Back with more and to wrap things up after this. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and play college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville as we wrap things up here on our season premiere, the start of the 16th season of Hoopsville. want to thank again the NABC and the WBCA for their support and, of course, D3Hoops.com. We have more sponsors and um, more advertisers to come throughout this season. We are working on plans, and we hope uh, you'll uh, appreciate their efforts. Uh, we also are looking at a, a new fundraising effort. Uh, we'll see. We'll get that launched here in the near future. Uh, a little bit different. We'll see where it goes with things. Um, I want to thank my broadcasting partner for D3 Basketball Games, Lincoln Rose, who tweets out D3 Hoops Talk underway. Dave doing what Dave does. Great resource. Shining spotlight on Division Three student-athletes and coaches. Lincoln, thanks for tuning in, buddy. I do appreciate that. Lincoln and I have called the last few men's basketball championships. We might be separated this time. We'll see. Uh, I think he's got his heart on going back to the Roanoke Valley. This time switching gears into the women's side of things. We'll see if he holds true to that or not. Uh, which, with us going to Fort Wayne on the men's side, will change things up. Uh, we will be going to Fort Wayne 
on the men's side with Hoopsville. A little bit different for us, certainly a new home, but looking forward to it. That's the end of the season and certainly something we'll keep an eye on as uh, we go. Um, Andrew asks when we'll be live next. Just a heads up, Thursday show will be pre-taped. It'll launch at 7 o'clock nonetheless, but it'll be a pre-taped program. We will have Ryan Scott and Gordon Mann on the show. Ryan and I will break down the top 25 and look at the season ahead, as it were. Women uh, with Gordon is how we'll do that. Uh, Andrew asks me if we will talk to Coach Mo and Mitch. We'll see. Uh, as many of you know, we kind of have a habit on this show. We talk to the teams that are worthy of talking to for varying reasons, um, whether it's because they're having a good season, done something special, whatever the case may be. Um, we can't talk to all 800 and nearly 900, really nearly 900 basketball programs in the country. It's just, as you would know, impossible. We don't have enough airtime. Um, we certainly don't have enough advertising and fundraising to be on all year to even come close to even considering that kind of number. Um, we do rotate our conferences, we rotate our guests, we rotate our genders. We try the best to cover all of our bases on this show and cover as many teams as possible, though we're going to cut back a little bit in how many uh, interview segments we do a show, uh, which may mean some regions may not get a guest on occasional nights. Um, so can't say who we're going to definitely talk to or not. Uh, we certainly have our list looking at a top 25. You can probably guess that a lot of the teams we'll talk to, but we don't stick with the top 25. In fact, of all the teams that get ranked in the top 25, I bet we only talk to about half of them in the general sense on each poll. And that's not, that's a guesstimation. That's not even a real number. Um, so we'll see if we end up talking to anybody out of the MIAA. Honestly, it's been challenging talking to a lot of the MIA this year. Um, but the Great Lakes is a wide-open region. Uh, another team we didn't talk about earlier, Wittenberg men's basketball, should be, I think, going to be pretty darn good. The NCAC race should be solid. The OAC race should be pretty good. Uh, I think we're in for an exciting year in men's basketball, Not again, for parity, but not because we have a bunch of teams that are just good and everybody's just kind of uh, um, susceptible to being a loss. I think it's because we got so many great teams this year, and we're going to have teams. Listen, Nebraska Wesleyan's Dale Wellman said he's expecting to take some losses. I expect everybody to take losses. I want everybody to understand the way I vote in my top 25. I am not voting for teams I think are going to go undefeated. And I've done this before. I have not taken a number one vote away from a team um, just because they lost a game. It depends on the game. Depends on what else happened. Depends on the outcome of the game. Depends on what happened in the game. And there's all kinds of what ifs. Whitman and Whitworth, talk about a, a series to watch this year. It's going to be Whitman and Whitworth. It showed last year. It showed the last couple of years, but last year especially with them splitting the regular Well, they didn't split the regular season, but Whitworth got them in the championship game. I have said, if you listen to the show at the end of the season, you'll hear me say it a lot this year. Losing Howell, not Howell, <laughs> uh, Whitman losing their best player from last year, I think it's going to be a is going to be a addition by subtraction. Yes, they've added some talent, but I think Whitman's going to be even better this year. By the way, did you see the D3Hoops.com Classic for this season? It's loaded with some really good games, including one of the wits. Uh, it's going to be fun this year out in Vegas. If you can't get out there, we'll be streaming the games, but I encourage you, why not? Take some time between Christmas and, and New Year's. Come out and see some games Hotel rooms are, are reasonable at South Point, more than reasonable at South Point, and you can have a really good team. Um, 
How, how about the women? What do you mean, Andrew? Who I know I'm going to interview women? You Be a little more specific for me, and I will try and get you an answer. Um, but the, the tournament should be great. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Vegas Classic this year. Um, and it runs the 27th through the 30th. We have one game on the 30th. So we may have a little fun as a staff on the 30th. We'll see. Um, but looking forward to it, to say the least. Uh, Hoopsville again, Sundays and Thursdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern for the most time. We will record uh, an occasional show here and there, especially in the in the November, December months when there I'm crossed over and I'm doing other sports, um, and, it, and that's just how it works. Um, uh, we will have a we, we don't have you may be used to us in January and February. We always have specific regions we cover on certain nights. We don't tend to do that in November and December for a variety of reasons. One, because I might miss a show and, and it kind of screws that thing up because of my of my expectations. Remember. You know, I'm used to going to Stag Bowl. I'm not going to Stag Bowl this year. So you get a couple extra. By the way, that's two more bonus shows in December you're going to get because I'm in, I'm not doing Stag Bowl. Um, but we're going to try to at least keep it loose again this year in November, December. We may have to go to being a little more uh, you know um, regional in the future, but I hope not. So November, December, we tend to follow the stories that are there or the stories we want to follow or the stories we want to talk about. Then in January and February, we'll get a little bit more regionally regimented on how we do our shows. Um, and we'll keep that going. Though we want to hear feedback from you about what you think of that, uh, if it works for you. Um, I, I, it's going to be exciting. I, I think the women's race has gotten deeper to some degree. Granted, I feel the top's gotten heavier also. We'll talk more to Gordon about that. Uh, and the men's side, I think, is going to be exciting as well for the reasons we've expressed. I will say this. We said it's guard-orientated in Division Three. If you look at the All-America list, look at who we weren't able to list as guards. There's a long list of guys. I had 15, I think, um, left over when I filled out uh, the, the when I helped fill out the um, the top uh, the the All-America list is what I'm trying to get at. I had 15 guys I was still trying to find slots for just in the guards. I didn't have as many forwards. I think we're gonna have some forwards who. Um, emerge. I think they've been behind a lot of guys who have been really good. I think we're going to have a lot of guys kind of emerge and show how good they are this year. But there's going to be a lot of guards who are going to be really good and just not all Americas this year because there's just not enough space. It is so guard-centric, or at least the talent is guard-centric. I, let me let me say that. The guards are, are, are where our, a lot of our talent right now is in Division Three. There's still some good players at forwards and centers, Though center has has become a little bit less of a of a of a common fra- uh, term, and we don't see tend to have a lot of true centers in Division Three. I will say this to some of the coaches out there, and take this as a, as a hint, however you want to say it. A lot of coaches will label a guy a guard when maybe he's really more a forward. Uh, I think there's some guys still think that a forward's a guy who puts his back to the basket. And I think in this day and age with basketball, that's changed a bit. I don't agree necessarily. A Sam Tony, for example, at New Jersey City doesn't put his back to the basket. I would still call him a forward. Um, there's a lot of guys. Uh, if oh, you know what? Let me call up the the All America list because there was a couple guys who made it. Who, in my thinking, I'm like, nah, geez, you know what? He's he's really more of a um, of a uh, of a forward. Um, give me a moment to just quickly scan through here and, and find the names I'm trying to find. Um, Bradley Jomart at MIT. I, I see him more as a forward than a guard. 
Uh, but he's listed as a guard. Um, that's just one example. That's the one I was trying to find real quick. Um, there's other guys out there who I think, you know, maybe consider calling him a forward. Hint, hint. Um, just my two cents on that. And with that, we're going to wrap things up. I appreciate you taking the time. Sorry for the uh, bit of a glitch in the middle of the show with the web stream. Um, we will try and uh, figure out what happened. And I clicked the button, and she all of a sudden froze up. But uh, we should be okay. But we'll work on that for the future. Again, Thursday show will be pre-taped, but we will have it debut at 7 o'clock. We'll be back here live again at 7 o'clock next Sunday. Um, I don't think we have any um, issues until the end of of uh, December or end of November. We'll have one more pre-taped show uh, if we get on air. There's an outside chance we may not air that one. Um, and then the rest of the way, we are live until uh, almost Christmas time. So I hope you'll enjoy us. I hope you'll take advantage of anybody who advertises with us and thank them for supporting us and our sponsors, and they include the WBCA, the NABC, D3Hoops.com, and more on the way. Um, well, thank you for tuning into the season premiere. Can't believe it's 16 years. I can't believe also that we've been in this studio for 10 years now. Mind-blowing, folks. Absolutely mind-blowing. Thanks for tuning in. I want to thank uh, Dale Wellman from Nebraska Wesley. I want to thank Pat Yuckum from WashU, and I want to thank G.P. Gromacki from Amherst, and of course, thanks to their sports information directors as well for their help and others who helped us get the show on the air. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you back here on Thursday. If you've got questions for us, you can always email us, hoopsel at d3hoops.com. You can always uh, tweet us at d3hoopsel and hashtag hoopsel. And of course, you can always follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsel. We're also on Instagram at D3Hoopsville there as well. That's it for us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll hit more hot topics. We'll we'll preview the top 25s in men's and women's basketball just a little bit more on Thursday's show when Ryan Scott and Gordon Mann join me, plus more guests to come. Thanks for tuning in to Hoopsville, everybody. This has been a copyrighted broadcast of Hoopsville and DMAC Productions. If you want to reuse it, get in touch with me first, please. Thanks so much. Take care. <laughs>